You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 23. In this episode, I'm speaking to Amber McHugh on how to build a winning team for your online business. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Amber McHugh, business operations expert, who teaches entrepreneurs how to run their businesses more effectively so they can get back their time and freedom. You'll find links to Amber and her website, plus show notes of this episode, by going to sigrun.com forward slash 23. I am thrilled to be here with Amber McHugh to talk about how to build a winning team. And I'll tell you first, we are here in Laguna Beach. This is my second interview where the person's actually in the same room. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) And we are here at the James Whitmore Mastermind Retreat. We are in his inner circle. I knew you a little bit before. Actually, I signed up for your Planathon like years ago. And I guess this was one of the first challenges at least that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> it's been around for a while. We've been doing the annual planathon every fall, I think since 2012. Okay. So, so I probably 2013, 14. Yeah. That time. Yeah. yeah. I joined it and, and it's amazing. So we'll talk about that at the end again. Awesome. So I thought we would first pick that topic. Obviously, what was on my mind? That's how I got to know you. But what's happening here right in Laguna Beach is that everyone is coming to Amber for advice on how to build a great team. So I thought we have to cover this topic. People ask me to like, how do I hire a virtual assistant? But it's not just about hiring one virtual assistant. You have to think a little bit differently about it. So I would love to dive into this topic yeah. and, and hear what have you been advising all these people? <laughs> I've been seeing her in the hallways, <laughs> out on the deck here, all over the place, giving people tips on how to build an amazing team. I love it. It's funny. I have been having a lot of conversations this weekend <laughs> about team building. It has been a hot topic. Yeah. There are a lot of people here who are hiring yeah. or they're wondering, what is my next hire? Who yeah. do I need on my team right now? Yeah. Or, right, okay, I've got this role or I've got people in a role. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the right person. So mm-hmm. how do I how do I adjust? How do I pivot? In fact, I just got off the phone with my team yeah. member and said we need to do some team changes. Yeah. I had a had a hard conversation with her about some team changes that we need to make in terms of we've got to hire some new team members yeah. and make some changes and and shuffle some things. So it, it's constant. It's yeah. not one and done. No. It's not as simple as, okay, I hired them. I've got my VA or I've yeah. got that one person on board. No. To your point, it's ongoing and it's constantly building a relationship and it's adjusting and changing as the business grows mm. and really stepping 
into that leadership position. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is so important from the beginning is to really know your values personally, of Mm -hmm. course, but your values is a business because before you go out and hire someone, and I think it is so important whether you're hiring an employee Mm -hmm. or whether you're hiring a contractor to bring people on your team who are crazy aligned with your values. Mm. And if you're looking for a company who does this really well, Zappos is well known for this. Their book, Delivery and Happiness, talks about this in great detail. And when you bring people on board who are aligned with your values, you're going to have so much more success in communicating with them. Mm. You're going to have more success in the way that they communicate with your customers Mm. and your vendors. So across the board, you're going to be setting yourself up for success. So start there just by defining your values. I think most people don't do that. You hire a VA, it's the key thing like, okay, I get someone, I outsource the first few tasks, you know, few hours a month. You're not checking on their values. Right. Yeah. And do you even know yours? Like, yeah. have you even sat down to yes. define yours? Yeah. So, so how would someone go about, now assuming we have a lot of listeners who yeah. are just hiring the first member or planning to hire the first member. How do you just, do you ask them about their values or do you yeah. do a personality test or? Yeah. You know what? I would ask them outright, you know, what do you value? Yeah. How do you spend your time outside yeah. of work? Yeah. Um, that'll give an indication, right? Yeah. Oh, I go rock climbing. Maybe they have a sense of adventure. That's one of my family's core values and a value in my business. We take yeah. some risks, yeah. conservative risks, yeah. but we're adventurous. Yeah. Family is a core value of mine. Are they spending time with their family? Do they have kids? Yeah. Um, what what comes up? So you can ask questions beyond right the core, uh, do you know WordPress? Which yeah. would also not be a correct question to ask. And we can go into yeah. that later if yeah. we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so just asking those questions and listening and tuning in during the conversation. So what are they talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll even hear, right. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen my family in years. I just work 24 seven. Well, that would not necessarily be something that's aligned with my values, yeah. which is about having some work-life integration, yeah. making time for the things that are important to you and, and pursuing some passions and some hobbies and taking a vacation every now and then, yeah. right? So you can just, if you're if you're listening and you're tuned in, yeah. right? Uh, yep, you can definitely ask about those values, certainly, and just, and just be open and yeah. listening for it. So, okay, you ask these questions and what would someone who's hiring their first or second team member, what do you recommend besides just doing their due diligence on what they can do and what are their values? Like, what is next? Do they have a test task or something to kind of really know it's the right person? Yeah, you could definitely do a simulation, yeah. a test task. Yeah. So do you, let's say it's someone who's going to be in a customer service role. Yeah. Hey, this this customer wrote in and they're, they're asking for a refund for a program. And here you go. Here are the terms of our refund policy. You don't even have to give them the terms of the refund policy, right? Ah. You could just say, they're asking for a refund. What are you going to say? Yeah. So do they ask a lot of questions? Yeah. Do they just cook up a response for you very quickly? What does it look like? Are there grammatical errors? Do, yeah. You know, so you can gain a whole lot of information by just a simple test like that. If it's a role for a social media position, right? You can have them do a sample image. In one hiring process that I'm working on with a client, the 
client isn't even speaking to the candidate until two people speak to the candidate before that yeah. and the images come in. Yeah. So two other people have spoken to him. So we've sort of screened. We've checked for cultural fit. We've checked for values. We've checked for if they can do the role or not. Yeah. And we saw those images and no, like, no, we'd never post that on yeah. their Instagram, right? Yeah. So we can sort of see and do some checks. Like, don't don't spend all that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not spend all that time on the yeah. interview. Yeah. And that's something else, right? Before you even interview, you might get those sample images. Yeah. Or you might ask questions in a survey or a form. So you're screening out people before you even get to the interview process. Oh, yeah, very true. So let's decide you, uh, you hire a person. You have made that decision. What would constitute a, a building a winning team? Because you see a lot of people hire a contractor as a first role, and there's a long time to go until you have someone full-time on board. And people maybe don't treat them as a team member. Yeah. You know, I think that is a loss. Mm. You know, certainly there are some team members who aren't going to be as involved mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day business operations, yeah. right? You may just bring in a Facebook ads manager just for your launches, and yeah. you might handle it the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, so there might be some people that just sort of pop in and out. For example, my primary Facebook ads manager, who I love and adore, and ha we have a relationship all year long, yeah. but she just comes in and does our core launches, and then my team handles it the rest of the year, mm. right? But we get busy, and, yeah. and she's got different skill set, and she gives it more attention, so we bring her in for the launch. Yeah. But she's hanging out and talking to us in in slack the rest of the year yeah right but she aligns to our, our values she's yeah. a cultural fit right she, so all of those things are there and she'll participate in conversations and strategy conversations mm. until then she cares about our business so some people think that like oh they're a freelancer they're a contractor yeah. they don't really care If they don't really care about their business, they're not the right contractor. Yeah. They're not the right freelancer. If they're not being proactive and coming to you, I'd question whether you've got the right person for the role. So same as an employee, yeah. right? You'd look for the same things. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need them to be as attentive to you. I don't need her checking on my Facebook ads all year long. Yeah. But it's great that she's maintaining that relationship and asking me, hey, is there anything you need? Mm -hmm. Can I get started on these early? I'm thinking about your launch. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Even if we don't get started right away, I know she's thinking about me and my business. And that means everything, mm -hmm. right? Just like you'd maintain that relationship in a sales conversation, right? Give that same love and attention to your clients, yeah, right? Yeah. right? That's what we want from our team members. Yeah. So I expect those sorts of things from my contractors as well as my employees. So yeah. I look at the team as the team and whether you're an employee or a contractor, right? And there might be different times yeah, and yeah. variation on that, but, but the feeling and the attentiveness should be the same. And how do you ensure that? Like, is that the first conversation you have with them? Is it like regular team meetings? Like, how do you kind of get them on board? We actually do not have regular team meetings ah, with the whole team. Interesting. Now, with my core team members, yeah, yeah we're talking all the time, yeah. mostly in Slack. Yeah. We've got a lot of conversation regularly happening in Slack. Yeah. And I have a weekly team meeting with my marketing operations manager, yeah. also a contractor. I've got all contractors yeah. on my my nice apps, Amber McHugh yeah. team yeah. and having a hub, whatever yeah. that is. Right. Yeah. So just clarity of how are we going to stay connected? And you can definitely do that by like in the interview process. Right. This is how we communicate 
make sure that their communication style aligns with the way that your team communicates. Again, that goes back to values, just making sure there's clarity and alignment from the jump. And then making sure that they know when they're dumped into your Slack channels, right? That you introduce them, that they're like, okay, this is where we do this and that. And they could see how you operate. What is our culture? What are our cultural norms around team communication? And yeah, you can let people sort of just figure it out. But if you clue them in and tell them and show them, they're going to be able to get up to speed a lot faster. Don't flow them into the deep end of the pool without the floaties. Give them some floaties. Let them know how they can be successful in communicating with your team. And yeah, absolutely interview for someone that will be successful communicating with your team as well. And, you know, most contractors that I work with, I have had some sort of experience with before they come onto my team. So I can see that we're going to be a good fit. Like, we're already communicating well. You're going to fit right in. Okay, go talk to, you know, Leanna. Oh, yeah. Can you talk to Lily about that? I'll have Lily message you. And it just sort of works organically. Yeah. Um, But you would absolutely interview for that as well. For example, when I hired my nanny, right, I I knew – intuitively, like, oh, you are the one. But I still interviewed to make sure my intuition and my gut was not off. You just, you want to check all those things, even if you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, weekly communications. You could even do, um, if you don't want to have a weekly call, you could do weekly status reports in writing. The team can do weekly status reports. You know, there are so many different ways to stay connected. So don't feel like you're boxed into, actually just yesterday, someone said to me, I've really got to stay better connected to my team. I have to do a weekly call, don't I? Yeah. Like, what, have to? Like, yeah. how does that feel to yeah. you? Does that feel in alignment? Do you need to? Do you want to? And we talked through that. Yeah. Um, Very you know, interesting that you don't really have to. Don't have no. to. If You know, and if it's if it's working for you, yeah. like, right? You Don't don't break. If it's working, you're good. If yeah. it's not working, yes, then evaluate, yes, right? This, yeah. this doesn't feel right. Or I want to build better relationships with my team. I want to have those conversations. I want to, and we, I mean, seriously, spend so much time in Slack. We're having personal conversations in there. There's water cooler talk. We're laughing and LOLing yeah. <laughs> right there in Slack. So it's all, it's all going oh, down. I'm a big Slack fan. I, I'm almost such a big fan of Slack that I forget to use Asana, you know, which is. Oh yeah, us pretty- too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. That's hush, a, this hush. is a secret. This is yeah. secret. <laughs> well, one of the biggest complaints I hear when people start to work with someone, a contractor, is responsiveness. How would you ensure that that's aligned? Like, do I just say, hey, I expect you to respond within so many hours yeah. or, or to be on Slack, even if you're working out for someone else? Like, how do you kind of solve that dilemma? Definitely. So another vehicle for ensuring that communication approaches and strategies are aligned is to set up something called a project charter. So if you're entering into a new project or a new agreement, and this is with any team member, any new project, or if you're doing a new launch, to set up a project charter that outlines the goals of the project, yeah. who, what, where, when, why, you know, what are we doing, yeah. but also the how, yeah. including how will we communicate. Yeah. And that can include any expectations around communication. For example, if the ship's going down, right, how do I find you? Yeah. And just normal everyday activity, like, hey, we're in the middle of a launch, what can I expect in terms of response time? Yeah. Have the conversation. I don't like to say 
unless, right, it's something specific that I really need because it is important. You know, mm. I don't like to say I need this within yeah. two hours. All the like, time. All yeah. the time. No. Yeah. Like, no. come, do I really need it within two yeah. hours? Yeah. Probably not all no. of the time. No. Um, but, and I don't want someone sort of living on their toes like that. Again, no. not my brand, not my no. values. Yeah. But, so if you set up that project charter and ask them, like, yeah. what's, what's your typical response time? What feels good to you? What works for you in your business? Okay, yeah, that works for me too. Or, oh, that doesn't quite work for me. Is yeah. 24 hours okay? Or, oh, three days is a little bit long to get that report updated in a launch. Yeah. Would you actually, can you actually check that daily during the launch? You know, I don't care on the weekends, but during the week, can you check that daily? Right. That gives you an opportunity to have the conversation, make sure you're both bought in. Yeah. And then if something goes awry and you don't hear back, like, hey, we agreed in our project charter that that was going to happen happen within 24 hours. Did something happen? Do we need to reset? These are my expectations. Mm. And that way you're not saying you're not attacking them personally. Yes. It's actually you the did agreement. this wrong. Yeah. Right? No, no. Exactly. Yeah. It's not personal anymore. This is what we agreed. Yeah. It changes the conversation. It changes the mood. It changes the tone. And it's an easier conversation to have. It's less totally. emotional. Yeah. So let's say the team is growing and you suddenly realize, oh, I need two more members and you have all these different roles, I bet you you suggest that people do some kind of an organizational chart. Yeah. And how would they go about, like, even if they don't have the means to hire all the people, should they still map out the roles or... Yeah. How should they go about this? So there are a couple of different things. Definitely recommend having an ideal state organizational chart. And even if there is an empty role... It'll highlight that, hey, this is a role that we need to fill. Mm -hmm. These are activities that aren't getting done right now. Or they're getting done by, you know, me. Yeah. So they're not getting done very well. No. Like yeah. I was doing my bookkeeping for a while and it worked for a period of time. And then I needed to fire myself, right? Because yeah. there were metrics tied to that role and there were goals and expectations. And worked for a while and then I started to fail and drop the ball on those metrics and those goals and those expectations. So you yeah. can start to see that. But the other thing that I find people do is sort of just come to the realization that, hey, I need a VA or hey, I need a project manager yeah. without identifying what the roles and responsibilities are. Mm. So instead of diving in and saying, hey, I need a VA, look at the activities and look at the tasks first mm -hmm. and then group those tasks and group those activities. So let's say you've got this list of, you know, 25 things that need to be done and you can pull out that 10 of them are social media related. Oh, hey, we've got a role there for yeah. so a social media person. Oh, and that's going to take about 10 hours a week. Yeah. So you could identify, oh my gosh, okay, we've got a role there. These are the tasks that need to be done. This is how much time it's going to take. This is about how much we'd pay someone. So it's a much more thoughtful way to go about it than just say, hey, I need that social media person. Or I'd like to be doing more Pinterest. Let's go hire some Pinterest person. Right? So you can, and then you, can, of course, can look sometimes at this is what we're doing. And then this is what our gaps are. Mm. Right? But being more strategic and looking at not just the role, but the task and the activities and the time commitment. But I also heard something that you just said before, the metrics. Yeah. So before I hire someone, I have some metrics for that person, what they should achieve yeah. or what you mean with metrics. Yes. So before you hire someone, you want to put together a roles and responsibilities, a job description. Yes. And in that job description, you'll describe 
what your company is all about. You're going to sell yourself a little bit. You're going to yes. convey your brand and your values and who you are yeah. um, to attract them and repel the people who you don't want, right? If you if you work virtually and they want to go into an office every day with a suit, not a good fit. Yeah. Then you also want to describe, of course, the role. What are the responsibilities that you're going to know because you just did your analysis of what the, the tasks are? Yeah. And you want to define what is success in that role. Mm. So for example, if you're hiring a social media person and you want your Facebook page to grow by however many number of people over the course of the year, or you're going to drive traffic to the podcast and you want a certain number of downloads, right? You will know you are successful in this role because podcast downloads will increase by X percent. Yeah. So that person will know coming into and when they apply to this role, when you're talking about the role description, like this is what success means to us in this role. Are you good with this? Are you committed to this? And then when they are in the role, they will know like, hey, I am meeting these metrics. I am nailing this for you. Or they'll know like, hey, this is off. Like we need to adjust our strategy. Can I collaborate with you? Because we are behind. We've got a goal to meet this year. And if they're not coming to you, and if they're not asking those questions and you know they're not meeting those metrics, you can go to them. Yes. I don't love it if you have to go to them. Of course, we want them to be proactive. Yeah. But you can go to them and say, hey, we've got goals this year. We're not meeting them. And again, it starts the conversation and you're going back to a document. You're going back to an agreed upon measure of success yeah. instead of saying, hey, you suck. What's the problem? <laughs> we don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so when you hire for the first time and even later on, you're like, what can I really outsource? You know, I already have a team, for instance, myself, yeah. but you're always like, can I really outsource more and more and more? Like, where, where does it end? Where, what, what, what can I not outsource? Well, that is a great question. Yeah. This is why I recommend that you build a what must I do list. Mm-hmm. And honestly, guys, it is a short list. Now, I understand that when we are first starting out, and, and really every business no matter how small or big you are, has resource constraints. Yeah. You've got profit margins that you want to hit. Yeah, You've we got can't, goals, can't right? just hire, you can't spend hire, all of our hire, money. Hire yeah. anyone. Then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a budget for everything. Yeah. So we're not going to outsource everything, clearly. But you can outsource a good bit. So if there is something that you need to get to, but you're not getting to it on a regular basis – consider outsourcing that, right? We've got a lot of course creators in the world. Are you really the best person to create the course content? Mm. You might be the subject matter expert. You might be the thought leader. But can you transfer that knowledge and have someone who is an instructional designer, right? And I'm giving an extreme example here, obviously, to illustrate the point. But there are people who are skilled in developing courses. They distill that information out of subject matter experts and thought leaders who then actually design courses for learners that you can then deliver, right? So that's an extreme example. But if you aren't getting to it, if you don't enjoy it, if it's sucking the energy out of you or you you really hate it if it's taking you a ton of time and preventing you to get to other things right these are some things that you might want to look at outsourcing so that you can focus on the most important things you can focus on the things that energize you because it takes a lot of energy 
to run a business. It takes mental capacity. It takes physical energy. So to be able to maintain that stamina over time, because no one hit wonders on our watch, like you need to maintain that energy. So constantly be checking in on that. This is not a one and done exercise. So you'll come back to this over and over and over again as the business grows and reevaluate. And you might even evaluate this for your team members, right? You might have a team member who's growing into a new role, taking on more responsibilities. They're like, I don't want to answer customer service emails anymore. Can we find someone else for that? Absolutely. So you can take on these things. Yeah, that's great. That's a great use of our strengths and a great use of our resources. So you'll constantly be, be assessing. What we also touched upon here at the retreat is that when you are building a team and, you know, you're changing from entrepreneur to a business owner. Yeah. Yes. And you own two businesses. Yes. So what is the biggest, let's say, thought change or mindset change that we need to go through as we make this shift? Oh, there is so much. I think that what is the biggest shift? The biggest is probably progress, not perfection. Because and and that to be adaptable and be open to change. Because this is gonna feel super uncomfortable. And as leaders, random crazy stuff is going to get thrown at us that we never thought we had to deal with, that we don't want to deal with sometimes. And we are going to have to be nimble and agile and ready to prioritize and reprioritize and constantly be bringing our focus to the most important thing instead of jumping from fire to fire to fire to fire. So that ability to be adaptable and nimble and and keep the focus and constantly be reevaluating where the focus needs to be is one of the most important things. Wow, wonderfully said, <laughs> Amber. Woo. Woo. Yeah, we could go on forever. I love it. You know, uh, running businesses in the past myself, I, I, I know what it is. And stepping from a micromanager into actually a, like a leadership role, it's a big, big change. And it's not so easy. But as soon as you have your first team member, yeah. you have to start that progress. So, And it's a wonderful thing that someone is going to be in the trenches with you, that they're, you're going to hire someone and bring someone in that cares as much about your business as you do, and that now you have this shared passion. Yeah. It's fun. It's wonderful. So we could go on forever, but uh, where do people find you <gasps> online? People can find me over at ambermcue.com, M-C-C-U-E. And you have a planathon every oh, fall. Yes, every fall. It's yeah. coming up this November. Yes. And the sign up for that is at theplanathon.com. And that's all about getting your plan on for the year ahead. So it's a week-long planning event. We bring in guest experts who help focus in different areas. So we challenge people, so going back to that leadership thing, yeah. not to focus on all of the things, yeah. but to come in that week and prioritize, hey, I need to listen. I'm going to get my webinar game plan on next year. So I'm going to yeah. listen to that person speak. So there are, it, it, there's a lot going on, but it's a ton of fun. There's good momentum. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show, Amber. I really appreciate it. Thank and, you. Uh, what a blast. Yes. <laughs> being also doing this live show. That's awesome. I know. So Looking much at fun. someone really in the face <laughs> and not into the camera on the microphone. This is good. We'll have to do it again. Yes, we will. <laughs> 
You'll find links to Amber and her website, plus show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 23. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.